and welcome to the Divine Feminine Leaders podcast. This is a podcast where we really showcase women who are living life on their terms, whatever that means for them. So a lot of times these women are female entrepreneurs because that is personally where my heart is, is helping other women, all women, whether you're entrepreneurial or not, see that no matter where you are in life, that you can change your situation and you can absolutely um, create the life that you desire and get really clear on what is the life that I desire and not necessarily the life that society is telling you that you should be living. So today I'm super blessed and really excited to introduce you to Janet Raftus. She has been playing with energy her entire life. But in 2004, she began to do so in a serious way. She began with the study of Reiki and quickly became a master. She has since learned pranic healing and matrix energetics, and she is able to psychically understand what spirit wishes to reveal to her clients. As a result, she has created a type of healing that is led by her intuition and personalized to each individual's unique needs. Janet works closely with the divine feminine as well, which is why I was drawn to have her on the show um and she serves as a channel for their healing and teachings and she has become an activator for others helping them to access their healing and intuitive gifts through their connection to spirit and the divine feminine in a way that feels safe and secure she has a thriving healing practice teaches intuitive and spiritual development leads spiritual circles and hosts retreats around the world and just as a personal side note like i met janet a few years ago we were both in the same business mentoring um, program and i always was drawn to her energy, she's so calm and loving and kind. And so I could wax poetic all day, but welcome, <laughs> Janet. And thank you so much for joining us. It's really an honor to have you here. Thank you, Celeste. It's really great to be here. Yeah, you're welcome. So I want to hear a little bit about, you know, what was your journey into entrepreneurship? Like, where were you? Because I know that you had quite a, a trauma in your childhood that kind of led you into this really deep intuitive healing and, your, and really uncovering your psychic gifts. So can you give us a little bit of a rundown on that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I, I never planned to be an entrepreneur. Um, I wasn't even really familiar with what that meant. I mean, I knew like what the definition of it was, you know, but I didn't really understand it. I would never have considered myself a business person um, at all. And, um, and so, you know, when I started doing healing work, I mean, I even, before I started doing healing work, I opened up, I had moved to Costa Rica and opened up a deli with my ex-husband and a friend of ours. And I didn't consider ourselves entrepreneurs even then. Like that's how sort of like out of touch I was with it, right? And 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 ultimately was not very good at doing that. <laughs> so, but during the course of of that time was when I started um, practicing Reiki. And and it really I, I I started practicing Reiki because I needed to be healed. Like I needed my own healing. That's why I started it. I didn't start it with any ideas that I was going to help anyone else with it. Um, but I was very, very led after I started working on myself and I started experiencing a lot of healing to start sharing it with others. And I still didn't know what it meant to be an entrepreneur. I mean, I really was fumbling my way through it. And, um, and you know, I ended up moving back after, you know, separating from my ex-husband. I moved back to the States. I kind of put all my healing work on hold at that point in time, went back to the restaurant industry because it's what I knew here in Atlanta. I was able to land a job very easily. And then slowly over the course of the next several years, I started reincorporating energy healing back into, you know, as a side gig, basically. But again, still having no freaking idea what I was doing. And so um, what ultimately ended up happening was, I guess I, I did enough healing work on myself that I got the confidence to step out a little more with it and to, and to really begin the process, I'm going to say begin the process of embracing this, because I didn't embrace it all at once, you know, I just started the process of embracing it, 
and uh, working with it. And then at some point in time, you know, I came across Monica Shaw, who is, you know, is how, which is how I met you. And it was through working with Monica that I was really like, okay, this is what being an entrepreneur is. These are the things I need to do. I actually need to organize myself. I actually need to do some things. I mean, previous to that, it was like, oh, I'll just figure out how to make a website and I'll just figure out how to do a mailing list. I was totally winging it and it was okay, but it wasn't really going anywhere, you know? Yeah. Thank you for that. And mm -hmm. so, and by, it wasn't really going anywhere. It feels like you mean like you weren't really gaining any traction. And so explain a little yeah. bit more about that. Yeah, I was, I had gotten to a point where I was doing it full time. It's like some variation, whether it was healing work or intuitive readings, I was doing it full time, but I was barely scraping by, you know, I was like playing beat the bank at yeah. the end of every month. And so, um, you know, I, it felt like I, it felt really good. Like, oh my God, I'm supporting myself. But it also felt like, how the hell am I ever going to earn enough to not, like I was, you know, I was a single mom too. And I, you know, it, it scared me that I didn't have any cushion, you know, for anything. And, and, you know, always having to tell my son like, oh, we can't afford that right now. Or I can't do that for you. I, I did not like that feeling at all. And I didn't want him to grow up feeling deprived. And so I was really recognizing, like, if I want to shift this energy, then I need to change how I'm doing my business. But I don't know how to run a business. Yeah. And I knew, I, I knew what I was really good at. I was really good in the spiritual realm. Like, that's where my gifts are, <laughs> without a doubt. My gifts were not in the business world. And so what I recognized was that I needed somebody to teach me what I needed to know. Mm. I love and that. And once I did that, it started to open up, right? I mean, it was immediate. After I started working with Monica, I almost doubled my income in the first month that I started working with her. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So what were the numbers exactly? Do you mind sharing that? No, not at all. I think it's important that we talk about money, um, especially as women, right? Because we haven't been taught to talk about money. Um, I was earning about $4,000 a month when I started working with Monica. The first month after I started working her with her, the numbers went up to $7,500. Wow. And over the course of the past, um, God, I don't know when that was, five years ago, maybe? Five and a half years ago? Four and a half years ago? Um, you know, I have more than, I mean, I've, I have like more than doubled that. I mean, I'm probably earning between, I earn between 15 and 20,000 a month now. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Let's celebrate Thank you. It can happen. It can happen for people in the spiritual realm. It can happen for healers. I mean, this is so important for us to understand, right? But it can happen. We don't have to be um, deprived light workers. And we serve better when we're not deprived in the physical realm. Yeah. When we don't have to worry about, you know, how we're going to pay our bills and how we're going to eat. Exactly. We really do. <laughs> yeah. Because when all of our energy is going towards, oh my God, how am I going to keep a roof over my head this month? And mm -hmm. how are we really able to show up? It's so interesting that we're having this conversation today because when we're recording this is, you know, a few weeks before we, we released this, but I just had this meme pop up on my feed yesterday that said the world, what the world needs is less successful people and more peacemakers and healers and et cetera. And I, I had to put a hard stop on it. <laughs> I had a friend who had posted this and I lovingly responded and said, I'm curious why you feel like we don't need more successful people and why this is a dichotomy. Why is it the opposite of having a financially successful, which was the definition, right? That was the right. implied energy behind it was we don't need more money. We need more people giving love. And I was like, why does it have to be one or the other? Right, right. Why can't it be both, right? Why can't it be both? And, and, and I think that this is such an, something I've been reflecting on a lot lately um, because there's so much shame. We've been taught to feel so much shame around 
around having money unless it's under certain criteria. And, um, and I think that this is something that is so valuable for all of us to address and heal, right? Because there's enough, it's an abundant universe, it's an infinite, I mean, it's a universe of infinite potential. So me having money doesn't take money away from you. I used to feel like it was a pie, right? And there was, you know, I could only have the smallest sliver because everybody else needed some. And, and, and what I've really recognized is that that's such bullshit, right? <laughs> you know? Like that's what we've been taught, but it is an infinitely abundant universe, which means that we can all have as much as we want or desire, more than I could ever even imagine I could have for myself. I could have, if I knew to even imagine it. <laughs> right, if you even knew how to like create <laughs> right. a bigger container to like be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and how fun is that to realize? Because I, I grew up much the same way with just seeing like, well, if I take something from someone else, it means that I... Uh, you know, like they don't get it and I, yep. there's not enough for both of us, or I can't shine bright enough because then I'm taking mm -hmm. that, that light away from someone else. Right. And that's not true. And yeah. when we realize that literally it's so unlimited, our brains can't even like quantify what that means. Right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, we're taught that it's selfish. And what I've really recognized is that it's selfish to it's more selfish, in my opinion, right? To not want to grow, expand, experience more and holding ourselves back. Like me, I mean, and selfish might not be the exact right word, but when I was barely getting by, right? And when I was living in that deprivation mentality, that lack mentality, I was not able to give as much because I did not have as much energy, right? And so now that, I have a different mindset now that I have a different work philosophy, now that I manage my energy in a more efficient and expansive way, I'm able to provide such a better service to everybody that I work with and to the world at large. Right. Because we are, it's the ripple effect. It yeah. is affecting everyone, whether we're touching them physically or not. And so I'm curious about this energetic component because this is, I love this stuff. Um, <laughs> and I love what you said about how you had clearly healed yourself enough to create enough confidence that when you started working with Monica, then you were able to like just put the systems in place that she was providing and move forward. And yeah. so I'm curious about what are your daily, month, weekly, monthly, annual practices for self-care because that it is self-care to be able to serve people in this larger way and and what are the things that you do to keep your own energetic boundaries and your own you know energy up yeah that's a great question and i think it's so vital for i mean it's, it's so vital for everyone but as women we've really been especially those of us who are nurturers right we have really been taught to sacrifice and this is something i have really had to work on i mean I will be the first to admit, like I have struggled more in the self-care arena than a lot because I am like, I want to take care of everyone and I want to do everything. And I have really had to dial myself back in, in some ways. Now, for on a day-to-day -day basis, I am very aware that I'm a highly sensitive empath and I have practices that I do that help me to maintain the energetic integrity of my field. And what that means is I do, you know, I have, I disconnect from people. I don't take on stuff that's not mine. Um, if I'm in a session with somebody, I allow myself to feel all the things I need to feel for that person during the session. But after the session is done. Um, and so I really am very aware of how energy, the energies around me affect me and how I can be really empowered with my own energy. Those tools that I use in that arena, day to day, moment to moment, are the most important that I have. In addition to that, it's very important for me to spend time in nature. So this could be walking my dog to the park, it could be going hiking, it could be taking a couple days um, in the mountains or at the beach. Um, but this is something that I do almost daily. Um, and I really notice it when I don't do it. That might be different for different people, but I know I'm definitely a nature empath. I know that it's something that I really need. And so I make sure that I get that. I've also 
shifted my schedule around and continue to shift my schedule around according to what is going on in my body, my, my personal biorhythms, and this can change all the time. Um, I don't work as many sessions as I used to. I now have less sessions in a day. I have my sessions organized in a way that um, is easier for me to have higher productivity in my intuitive work and then on my office days on my office days. So I tend to not mix those times up. I tend to have either I'm with clients or I'm doing writing copy and you know <laughs> putting together social media posts, whatever that might look like for that week. Um, so that's been really important too. And I tune in if I'm starting to feel tired, I take something off of my schedule. If I feel really energized, I might put something back on my schedule, but I really take time to tune into what am I needing? How am I taking care of myself? I also eat a very healthy, um, diet for me, what that means for me, right? Because we're all unique individuals and what's healthy for me might not be healthy for you. So I've really taken a long time to intuitively eat. And to um, and and to give my body what is best for it doesn't mean I I'm perfect in that I don't need to be perfect in it um, but I try to follow some certain guidelines knowing what feels good in my body and what doesn't and if I eat a certain thing I know not to eat a certain thing before I see clients <laughs> you know if I am gonna you know celebrate in some way um, but I tend to I you know I try to be really um, mindful of that, how I'm taking care of my body. Also alcohol and mind altering substances do not work for my body at all. And so that is another form of self care is just that I do not take in anything that um, is altering in that way or um, yeah, or altering in that way. Um, and I think, so those are sort of, you know, what I do. Um, I, again, I'm not perfect in that, but I try to be consistent. I try to take care of myself. I get enough sleep. You know, these are things that I'm just very mindful of day to day. And it's my physical body, my emotional body, my energetic body, right? It's all of it. Like if something's coming up for me to emotionally process, part of my self-care is to find the time to emotionally process that. I love that. Thank you. It's so important mm -hmm. to really allow ourselves the grace of like, where am I feeling led right now? How is my body communicating with me? What are my needs in this moment? Instead of this old paradigm that was like, do, do, do. Well, it's on your schedule. You got to get it done. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. And, yeah. and that's, it's so much pushing energy. And it, again, to me, it goes back to the divine feminine, like letting it flow, like yeah. letting it, you know, there, there's this balance for the divine masculine and the divine feminine. Mm -hmm. and, and there is a space where we allow things, you know, the divine feminine is a flow and allowing the creativity to come through. And then the divine masculine is taking the inspired action and yeah. like bringing it into the physical world. So I love that that's like part of your practice, even though you didn't name it as such, yeah. but it totally yeah. is. It absolutely is. And, and I'm, I'm so grateful that you put it into those terms because I am another thing that I do that I am really recognizing here is that I am very intuitively connected to what I'm offering, what I, how I'm showing up in the world, what services are feeling right and aligned with me, which ones aren't. I mean, I've just started, I'm in the midst of a shift in my business. And it's actually not because I didn't love everything I was doing. I loved everything I was doing. But some of those things that even though I loved them had started to become heavy. And I was starting to feel the energetic weight of that heaviness. And so I had to go in and say, okay, what is showing up for me? Where am I being led right now? I'm being led to maybe not drop them all together, but either, either drop them or shift them in such a way that they show up differently in my life. I love that. So talk to us a little bit about, I know that in the past you've done a lot of helping people really see their own gifts and stepping into them. And so are you still doing some of that work? Yes, but that is a lot of what's going to be shifting. And so, um, as we move into 2020, right, because I have already had some stuff still on the schedule and again, I love it but I'm feeling called to broach it in a different manner. And I feel like what that is going to be is that that's going to show up through the lens more of the divine feminine, right? Because this is the divine feminine really is 
going within, tuning into our intuition, allowing that to move us. And so what I'm realizing is I can facilitate people doing this work without necessarily it being under the guise of an intuitive development workshop, right? If we work with the energy of the divine feminine, which I love, oh my God, like putting together an altar and gathering women in circle and going within and healing and intuiting and connecting is one of my most favorite things in the world. And so how can I take this, this other piece that I had that looks so different and bring that into this work with the divine feminine and, and really then from that place be creating and, and supporting others in that process of really being able to, you know, so many of us women, even like you said, we've grown up in a masculine world that really honors masculine rhythms. And so how can I facilitate others being able to go within and, and reconnect with those feminine rhythms, which once we reconnect with those feminine rhythms, the rest of it just kind of happens, right? It's not something we have to force. It just, it just buds, really. Right. I love that. I love that. Even that visual of the flower budding, like the flower just mm -hmm. opening up. It is. It's like, it feels like magic. Mm -hmm. it, it's literally like, projects are pulling you your work is pulling you with it and and so i i talk about often too about how our projects and our work has its own energy mm -hmm. and our books and like whatever that is has its own energy it's wanting to come through it's going to come through it's just are you going to allow it to come through you or is somebody else going to pick up that line right mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's, it really is like, what are we allowing? Right. And, and, and to be fully aligned and to have that inner guidance system, right. Really helping you to recognize this is aligned. What happens a lot is we get the, we get the hit, right. We're like, Oh, I love this thing. And we're like, yes. And then we go, but, but I can't, but I don't have time, but I don't have the resources, but I don't have the energy, but Oh my God, I can never do that. Oh my God. It's too much all of the things start right and so and i think that's where the divine masculine can be really useful i mean when we have them in balance is really the ideal situation here right but we get the inspiration we're like yes and then the stuff starts the the defense mechanisms and the subconscious you know rattlings of our mind that wants to keep us in this little the safe what feels safe cocoon the divine masculine can really help us to take those steps and to really you know, I think it's not that I haven't been scared to do any of the things that I've been doing. I mean, part of why I've been able to become successful in my line of business is that I've been so freaking scared so often, but I've stepped through it and I've stepped up to the plate time and time again. I mean, I've had, I've, I've started new things, done new things that have made me feel sick to my stomach right before I did it, but I still did it, you know, because I knew it was aligned, even though I was terrified. I knew that it was the right thing. It's, it's a lot of it is tenacity. It's that ability to receive and then to be tenacious with the gift that's given right up to us. Right. And to know that the fear isn't going to last forever. No. Yeah. It's amazing how quickly it dissipates when you just do it. <laughs> well, and sometimes when you just see it. Yeah. Like, and, and, and acknowledge it. Like, oh, I see you. I mean, I've used this example before on this podcast, but when I first launched this, I had, now I see it was actually four death images in my space, mm -hmm. the two days lining up. And even as I pushed the button, it was mm -hmm. like, you're going to die. You know, like <laughs> the villagers are going to come and burn your house down. Like this was the right. image that I had. Wow. Mm -hmm. And, and then I pushed the button and like nothing happened, right? Like no confetti <laughs> came out of the sky, no villagers with, with fire, you know, like nothing happened. And, yeah. and I'm glad that I kept, that I just did it because I had already mm -hmm. been sitting on this project for three and a half years, but, yes. um, so it's taken me a lot. Like I'd been in that fear for a long time. Um, yeah. but you know, thankfully I was able to see all that and go, yeah, you're funny. Like, thanks for that. You're trying to keep me safe. 
but it's actually not safe to stay the same. I think that's the ego's lie. It's the ego's lie. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 The ego's, um, I mean, a real trickster, right? A real trickster because it wants to keep us in a place that it deems safe based on past experience that occurred probably before the age of about seven. <laughs> you know? and, and, and so I think even just recognizing that is so hugely helpful, right? Of saying, I recognize that I'm feeling fear right now. I, I recognize that. I honor the fear. I honor where the fear is coming from. And I honor my ability to move through it. Right? Yeah. yeah. I love that. I feel like that's such a tangible tool for people. Mm. And is this fear real? Mm-hmm. is this really, you know, if you can really like see what's coming up for yeah. me, it was like falling down the stairs. I was going to break my neck. I, I had this vision of like getting in a car accident. I had this vision of getting breast cancer, like all these things lined up, like within the two days before I launched. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, you're so funny. Like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for showing me that. And I'm not going to allow those things to happen. Like right. I'm the creator of my reality. And so mm-hmm. we really step into that space of knowing that we are creating. Yeah. So I love this conversation. Um, so tell me a little bit about like, how are you helping women step into the divine feminine? And like, how are, because I feel like you're working with women. Maybe I'm making an assumption, but for the most part. Mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, I feel like I have, you know, a couple different things that happen in in my kind of like day to day, week to week practice. One is that, you know, I, I do healing work and intuitive readings. That's mostly what my appointments are. Right. Um, and those appointments are really based around what that person needs, wants, what their, um, spiritual, connection is, right? So um, if somebody comes in who is very, very devoutly aligned to Christianity, I'm not going to introduce the divine feminine to that person. Like Jesus might be the one that shows up for that session, right? Um, But, and, and so there's, you know, I think with the women I'm working with in that capacity, what I'm really supporting them in and what I'm facilitating for them is for them to see their own power. So that is their alignment with the divine feminine, regardless of whether I call it the divine feminine or not. It's them realizing their own power, their own intuition, their honoring their emotions and what's coming up for them, helping them to move through their trauma, all of these things that are, you know, we don't have to, we, we don't have to label it divine feminine, but we could label it divine feminine right. if we wanted to, right? Um, because that is really helping all of us to, to align with those feminine aspects of ourselves and to recognize our power as women, which is a part of what this whole reclamation of the divine feminine is, right? Is to help us remember our power, the power that we've always had, but that we were told we didn't, that was, that was actually oppressed within us. And so that's sort of like the day-to-day. Now, in addition to that, I do um, a, a virtual um, women, uh, circle once a month, and I do a women's circle here in Atlanta once a month. And the women's circle here in Atlanta is 100% Divine Feminine. I mean, it's called the Divine Feminine Women's Circle. And, um, you know, we work with a different energy every month. It's a really powerful, beautiful practice. Um, I take that circle work to other events that I do. Sometimes circle work happens in workshops. I've I've done, you know, a goddess workshop. Um, I take it to retreats. We circle up in retreats, have ceremony and retreats, work with the divine feminine in there. Now that's where a lot of it's going to be shifting. Whereas before it was like this container that I brought the divine feminine into what I'll be shifting it into is, is it's the, the container is the divine feminine with the other elements brought into it. Um, or activated within it is even a better way of saying that, right? Because the elements are already there of intuition, healing, all of that. Um, so those are some of the some of the ways that I do it. Um, I also, I mean, I'm just very sort of active in the messaging of the Divine Feminine on social media. I do a monthly card reading that I, you know, blog post reading. Um, that, that's something new that I've started, but I'm doing it all with Divine Feminine. Um, so I'm bringing more and oh, and I completely forgot. I have a new thing that I'm doing too. 
And this is really exciting. And this is one of the things that like really terrified the hell out of me before I started it was that on Monday mornings now. So I used to do uh, a Facebook live that was like tips and tools for empaths and sensitive people. And I did that on Monday afternoons. And, um, and I switched that to Monday mornings. And what I'm doing is doing a card poll, divine feminine card poll. And then right there, I'm doing a mini reading of the card for the week and um, then doing a mini activation. Um, so there's like an energy healing activation that goes along with it. The whole thing is 10 minutes, um, but it's really sort of like, you know, channel of message and activation and a beautiful way to start your week with an intention from the divine feminine. Um, and it's been really powerful. And that's, that's a free offering. It's a Facebook live, you know, Monday morning deal. I love that. So is that on your business page? My business page. Yeah. And also on my, I then take it from my business page and post it to Instagram as well. So you can find it in both places. Nice. But it's live at 10 30 AM Eastern on my, on my business page. And what is the name of your business page? On Janet Facebook. Raftis, Master Energy Healer and Intuitive Development Coach. Janet Raftis, Master Energy Healer and Intuitive Development Coach. I love that. So for any, yes. who's that's probably going to be changing now. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was like, give that little caveat because I've actually been mulling it over my mind. Like I need to change it to energy healer and divine feminine channel. <laughs> well, Janet Raptus, we'll put a link. So yes. I love it. I love it. That's so amazing. And so I know that we actually had Ina on the show a couple of weeks ago, Ina Lucas, and you guys are doing some really powerful retreats. So I want to hear your your goodness about it. Like she shared a little bit, but I want to hear your take on it and tell us yeah. more. So Ina and I, who also met through the same mentorship program, um, we are, oh my God. So we've started um, putting together some retreats that are called Sacred Activation Journeys. The first one that we're going to be doing will be in Peru in March of 2020. Um, and basically bringing together both of our skill sets, which are, are highly complementary. So Ina is a channel of a collective called The Alchemist, and, um, and then I work in channel healing energy. So both of our work is very healing, both of us channel messages, um, both of us work with activations. And so we are going to be holding space for a group, you know, groups of light workers to come together and experience rapid shift and expansion in consciousness. Um, you know, healing will come through with that. Um, you know, increased intuition will happen as a result of that deeper connection to our inner selves and to spirit and to, you know, like-minded um, individuals will result because of that. So it's really an opportunity for us to experience a greater expansiveness of ourselves here in the physical realm, but that expansion happening, you know, you know, from the 3D out to the 5D and beyond, essentially. And, and, and really, Ina and I are wanting to do this in sacred sites because the power, the potency of those sites is so magical. And because, I mean, it, for us, it's a huge like hell yes, right? When we think about being there and doing our work there, it's like, I mean, every time we talk about it, we've got hair standing on end and, you know, electrical currents running through our bodies. And it's a remembrance. It's an activation on a cellular level for all of us of past lives lived in places and traditions and culture, cultural um, integrations that we've already known that are within us. Those all get activated within us when we do this work in these sacred places. It feels so powerful and so <laughs> fun and so juicy. Like... I'm so excited. So we're definitely, we'll share the link to that because Ina gave me, well, she gave me a link to her website about it. Do you have a link to your website that you can yeah. share? Okay. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. We'll share that too. Um, if anybody is looking to go to Peru, I know I personally have been called to Peru, uh, to Machu Picchu specifically. And I believe that's where you're going, isn't it? It's one of the places. We will be, yeah, we will be spending time in Machu Picchu and other sacred sites in the sacred valley of Peru where Machu Picchu is. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So I might be joining you with that. Like, I hope so. I may have to. I'm not going to lie. So if any listeners feel called, let's go. Uh, yeah. It feels really fun and powerful. And 
you know what we're here to have fun i think that's the thing like when we have all of this trauma that happens you know in this lifetime or other lifetimes and 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 all of that and moving through that i feel like that's what a lot of us are here to do in this particular place and so i think going to these sacred sites is going to be really healing for all of that absolutely absolutely and i think that's a big part of it right is to bring us back to this remembrance of the joy within us, right? That we are meant, I mean, this is, being in joy doesn't mean that we're, it's not to be a proponent of repressing things, right? Like there is, you know, every emotion we have is sacred because it is a, a truth teller of who we are and, and what our experience is. But even in the midst of having all of that stuff going on, and this has been a big part of my healing journey is that I've had, I mean, this year has been the, most intense since my initial healing work, the most intense healing I've done. I mean, I've gone down to some really deep layers. It has been hard, but it has also been one of the best years of my life. You know, I have been so filled with joy a lot of the time. I feel like my baseline is contentedness and happiness. I feel resilient and able to really meet a lot of this stuff in a way that you know, I can be like crying hysterically or screaming one minute and then laughing the next and, and full of creative ideas and potential and inspiration, you know? So it's like these things don't have to, I think a big part of realizing this is that it doesn't have to be, if I'm going through a hard time, doesn't mean have to mean, mean that I'm depriving myself of joy, right? right? We can hold, they can be in the same container and they can express together simultaneously or you know, in, in more of a, like, here's one and there's the other type function. Right. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. I love that because all of the emotions are here for us to experience them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's all about how we're doing that and allowing mm-hmm. ourselves to do that work. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> I love bliss and it, I love the word and I love the energy behind it. And mm-hmm. that doesn't take away from how sacred anger is and how mm-hmm. sacred sadness is and how, yeah. you know, and how these different emotions are actually helping us experience more joy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're really, I, I really love just the, this idea that they are, what my experience with them is, is that they're they're the truth. We've just been taught to deny the truth, right? We've been taught that the truth isn't comfortable for other people, right? For whatever reason, it wasn't comfortable that for our parents that we felt angry or sad or for our teachers or for our grandparents or whomever it was, right? Or for our friends, like it wasn't comfortable that so-and-so, like I was a very sensitive child. It wasn't comfortable for people to be around someone who was so sensitive. And so I quickly learned, as so many of us who are sensitive do, that it wasn't safe to be sensitive. And so I really, you know, I, I was, I was shut down all of it, you know? And so I did a lot of healing with anger several years ago, and, but I didn't touch so much on grief. And as I've been doing some of this really intense healing work this year, what's been coming up is a lot of very deep, deep grief for things that weren't processed yeah. you know, in the moment. And, um, and that release has been, um, God, so liberating. And, but it also, even beyond that, is I've been able to see and honor some things that I, I didn't, in, in the holding back of the grief when these things occurred, I didn't honor, you know, myself in the process um, because I felt like I had to put on a show for other people. And so as I go back and heal this, what I really see is that I'm honoring myself in a new way and all over again, honoring my experience that, you know, one thing that, that happened was uh, that I've been, you know, working with recently is that, you know, there's just all kinds of stuff coming up. This is one example, but I had a roommate who shot himself um, in my early, when I was in my early twenties. And, um, and uh, also living with us with his girlfriend. And so in, in my role of sensitive caretaker, I immediately had to take care of her 
I had to take care of her. I had to make sure she, her, she was okay. I had to take care of his family, make sure they were okay. I had to, I went into like action mode of taking care, taking care, taking care. That was my, my, my nervous system went into a freeze mode in my personal experience. And then it went into overdrive, taking care of others in order to not process what was happening. Um, I was writing about it the other day, which I've never been able to do until now. Never. I have approached it, you know, 20 times, never been able to do it. I was writing about it. And I was writing about when my boyfriend and I were cleaning up the room, which was massively terrible, right? And and something that I, I, I mean, I even, it was so buried that I didn't even think about this as being trauma, right? That's how it works a lot of times in us, right? As I'm writing about it, I finally just had like, God, such a massive release mm. of grief, in this experience and honoring that even though like, yeah, of course it was like super hard for his girlfriend. Of course it was, but that doesn't negate that it was really hard for me too. Right. right? And I was so in the, in the moment, you know, what I had been taught was you can't, it, it, that person has it worse. This is such a thing we have. Right. And I see this in, in my clients all the time too, is I can't feel bad for what happened to me because so many people have it worse. Yeah, there are a lot of people that have it worse, but that does not take away from your pain, right? And so in honoring, that was such a beautiful moment for me to really be able to honor that deep pain that I felt and that grief that I didn't even get to experience about his passing, you know, because I just shut it down. And so, you know, and, and, and there it was. I had this massive release, and then I was like, damn, I feel good, you know, afterwards. My stomach hurt from crying so hard, but I felt really good and really clear afterwards. Yeah, it's energetically you're releasing so much that you didn't even know that you were holding on to. Yeah. And when we actually allow ourselves to have that experience, to feel that grief or whatever that emotion is, it yeah. doesn't take that long. It really doesn't. I know. It's amazing. We'll hold on to something for 25, 30, 40, 50 years, right? We're like, because we're so afraid of the power of it. And then we feel it. And it's like five minutes later, it's like, wow. <laughs> I had this like very similar. I mean, it was not that traumatic, but I had a similar like grief come over me in sadness a couple of weeks ago. And I just allowed myself to just lay on the floor in the fetal position and just, and just cry and just feel that it literally took five or 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden my whole body was like buzzing. Yes. Like I like, you yes. know, goosebumps, like feeling so good. And I was like, oh, I had no idea that was going to come. Like, like we don't know and we don't know because we've been taught to repress it and to just shut it away and nobody wants to be around that your emotions are too much for other people like that was my stuff yeah. right like it's yeah. gonna make everybody everybody else is dealing with their own stuff they cannot possibly deal with mine um so then wow. i i'm not dealing with mine right and and so many of us are taught this yep but man, if you knew the freaking amazing, like, freedom <laughs> that comes, yeah. you actually do that. Yeah, it really is. It really is a liberation. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah. thank you for sharing your grief. Like, that's really deep. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like a hugely traumatizing event. So I can understand why it took so long. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm really excited that you have a free gift for our listeners. And yes. I'm curious what that is and tell us about it. Okay. So it is um, a healing activation um, that is um, something for you to help activate um, abundance within you. It's a 30 minute remote healing that you can enjoy and um, you can listen to over and over again. It's a beautiful meditation, but the meditation in and of itself is a healing and an activation and an awakening of abundance codes within you. It's awesome. 
I love that. And so do you have the link handy or should I just put it in the comments? I do. Yeah, it's Janet Raftis backslash gift. Super easy. Oh, awesome. Janet Raftis backslash gift um, for anyone who wants that. And I'm just feeling called to like, what is your definition of activation? Just for anybody who's never really heard that terminology before. Um, I, I know what it is, but I, yeah, I would say that for me, what resonates is that it's an awakening of something that's within you. Right. Um, so it's like a remembrance on a cellular level. Um, and when that remembrance gets activated, then it is, um, it sort of ignited within us and then can be integrated in a new way, um, providing us with a, 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 ex, a resultant expansion. Thank you. And so for anyone who's listening, I know you've talked about this before, like what feels like a yes in our body, what feels like a no in our body, There's and what feels like a wait or maybe. Um, yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about how to feel those things? Because I think that that's important when we realize, like for me, when I get a big yes in my body, it's goosebumps all the way through. And when we realize what feels really good in our body, A, that it's okay to feel good. We are supposed to feel good. Mm -hmm. That's why we're here. But like when we're like, to me, activations light up my body, like my whole body gives me a big yes when I listen to them and I feel Mm -hmm. the power of them. And Mm -hmm. so talk a little bit more about how, how can people tune into what their particular intuitive nudges Mm -hmm. are? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So with, um, you know, for some people, it is as dramatic as it is for you, right? Um, where it's goosebumps and, and shivers. Um, it can also be a lot more subtle than that. Um, so I like to tell people that usually, and, and to start off with, it's really helpful if you have a specific question in mind. Let's say you're thinking about taking a job offer. So you, it would be really helpful to go into a light meditation, just a quietness where you feel your body relax, right? You really want your body to have like a nice, relaxed, neutral state as you do this. And then you would just bring the energy of that question into your body, right? So let's say it's a job, you know, um, you're, you're just gonna bring the energy of the job into your body. You're gonna feel the job, allow yourself to feel the job. And then you will either get an, a feeling of expansion in your body somehow. You might get goosebumps, but it might be as simple as feeling your heart chakra opening up or your solar plexus opening up or a smile coming across your face, right? It'd be very subtle. Or you'll feel a constriction of some sort. Again, that can happen in your heart chakra. You could feel yourself curving over a little bit. You might feel your front, your brow, you know, scrunch up. You might feel a sick, like sick in your stomach. Um, so it's really helpful to take some time to just get accustomed to that and to really deliberate with things. So, and it could be something super simple. We're sort of conditioned, again, coming back to, especially women, we're conditioned to say yes right away to please somebody else, right? So a lot of times somebody might say, hey, let's get together for lunch. And before you know it, you're saying yes, even though you've got a super busy week, you've got the kids at home all week, like all these things, right? And, and then you're like, why the hell am I saying yes, right? But you've already said yes, and now you're not going to backtrack, you know, all these things, right? So what's super helpful I've found is, first of all, just to buy yourself time. So when somebody asks you, do you want to have lunch? Um, Here's a job opportunity, anything, right? Give yourself a night to think about it, to tune in, right? And then take the time to consciously get quiet, bring it in, ask, how does lunch with this girlfriend feel? And just, it doesn't mean you don't love your girlfriend, you know? What it means is you're being really honest with yourself and letting your body share with you, like, this is not the right week for this, right? Or actually, it feels really good. And what you don't know is that you might go to lunch and feel even more energized afterwards. Or there might be an opportunity that comes up as a result of the lunch that is going to actually help you with your time, right? So you've just got to let your body do the talk, like, quiet the mind, do some simple breathing from your belly relax your body, and then let that answer come to you. With time, it will become automatic. Like, I rarely have to do, like, a full, like, sit down and sit with it anymore. I do sometimes. 
right? Because it might be confusing or there might be a lot of factors involved. So I give myself that when I need it. But I'm so accustomed to what feels right and what doesn't feel right now in my body that it, it's like it happens automatically. I can feel it um, and I can respond in the moment. And, and, and truly, I make a lot better decisions now as a result of it. And going back to how we began this conversation, it's such a great way for me to practice taking care of my energy because it, when, when I'm aligned in that way, then I'm in flow. And inflow requires a lot less energy than, you know, going and doing something that I don't want to do because I don't, didn't want to say no or didn't know how to say no in the moment. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Cause I feel like, yeah, I am really physically sensitive. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was such a great, you know, just being able to notice what is going on in your Mm -hmm. body um, even if it's not so dramatic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so flashing neon lights, like my body. Is. <laughs> Super sensitive. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And thank you so much for sharing that free gift. Cause I know that it's going to be really incredible for women. And so again, if you're listening, watching this on YouTube, um, JanetRaftis.com backslash gift is where you can download that prosperity, abundance, activation, and meditation. And as always, we really appreciate you tuning into this show, whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening in on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. We're doing this to help raise the consciousness of this planet. We're doing this to really bring in more abundance and more prosperity for women, especially. And what this show really is, is it's a view of feminine entrepreneurship for women by women. And so if you feel like there's some women that you feel called to share this episode with, another episode, any of this line of work, we really appreciate your support to really help as many healers as possible know that money is okay and it's good for you and it's necessary to be able to be able to give in the way that you're here to give. So my name is Celeste Hartwell. Thank you so much, Janet, for being with us. Yes. Thank you so much, Celeste. It was great being here. It was awesome chatting with you. Thank you. And this is the Divine Feminine Leaders Podcast. We'll see you next week.